Good evening from Plucket Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 555 of uh, F5 Live Refreshing Technology for Sunday, March 22nd, 2020. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, Instagram is trying to disappear. GameStop is trying to stay around. And entertainment companies are trying to help. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Mixer, Twitch, Periscope, YouTube, or Facebook, on a podcatcher such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, on the radio or on our website, PluckKidsLive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are now three ways that you can do that. The first is you can always join us Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern uh, and chat with us live in the studio by going to f5live.tv slash join us. Uh, there you can give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Uh, the second way is through 88.1 WMLD Radio in the New York area or through their website Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern. Or, of course, you can always go to our uh, website, pluckitslive.com slash subscribe, and there you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, The Pilch Point, uh, Pluckits Live Presents, which is still publishing uh, a ton of CES content and a whole lot more. And, of course, you'll find all the different ways you can connect with us there. And uh, with that, Avram, it... This is uh this has been a weird week. Yeah, you know, I was uh you know, I wasn't sure if I was gonna make it home in time for the show. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't left here. I haven't left here in like, you know, at least eight days, nine days, something like that. Uh so uh yeah, I can't I can't even like make excuse excuse anymore. Sorry, I was <laughs> it's out of the house. Um the uh yeah uh inspired me to clean my office a little bit um but yeah it's uh well it is a um it is certainly a a trying time for for everyone in the world right now and everyone in the united states and uh you know i just feel very fortunate to a still have a job uh b have a job that i love to do and can do from home uh there's a lot of people uh, in uh in america and around the world who can't say that uh they can't work from home or their job just disappeared or or whatever so um you know uh i can't i can't complain um about the inconvenience of 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 being in my house, I'm just, you know, worried about what the future holds yeah. uh, for everybody, including the tech world. Uh, when you have uh, not only have all these, so many sick people, but you also have so many businesses closing, yeah. closing down. Uh, and the, the ripple effect of that, uh, you know, I was just, I mean, every, every few minutes, another thing occurs to me like, well, what about this? What are these people going to do? Or what is, this going to do like one thing i was thinking about is who in their right mind i mean i could be wrong here who in their right mind is buying a new smartphone right now right like like you know you're at home 
I mean, granted, we all use our smartphones in the house, but it's not really going to, unless mine's broken, it's not really going to inspire me. And if mine did break, uh, at least here in New York, where they've shuttered all non-essential businesses, I'm going to assume that the phone store is a non-essential business. Right. Uh, So I don't think I'll be able to, you know, if I drop my phone on the floor or something, I mean, I guess I could order a new one. Um, But you you know, you, you just have to think about like all the little, all the little things that could, you know, that you sort of depend on being there, right. uh, day to day that, that wouldn't, wouldn't be there. Uh, you know, like I'm wearing my glasses. If I sit on my glasses and I break them, uh, the place that I go to have my glasses fixed, uh, probably not going to be open. So I'll not be able to see, you know, that'll make things easier or months. I'll be like I'll be like uh, Vel- Velma from Scooby Doo. Um, <laughs> I have my old prescription here, so that's what I would probably go to. But right. but and I was thinking the same thing. Calls ten- I was thinking the same thing with the phone. Is you know maybe you know for a lot of people you've got an older one lying around. You have to switch to an older one, but that that's gonna make people realize that older devices still work. Right. Well, I I think certainly people are not going to be inspired to buy a new one. Yeah. Like if, unless they need it, right? Like you're not, you know, a few months ago I was thinking, Hey, I might want to get a galaxy S galaxy S 20 when it comes out. Cause I'd like to be able to take better photos and gee, I think I'm going to, I use my phone to take pictures when I go to trade shows like Computex. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I have the best quality pictures and time for Computex. I sincerely doubt that, I don't think they've officially canceled the Computex yet, but I sincerely doubt I'm going to be going. Yeah. I think they probably will cancel it. But so, you know, it's just all kinds of things. Uh, uh, but listen, at, at, at Tom's Hardware, we're doing what we can to stay on top of all the new technology news. And there is new technology news. There are new products coming out. Mm-hmm. So I hope people will, will buy them. Uh, I mean... Certainly it, for the world of, of desktops, like this should be a great time to get a new to get a new desktop or to build a new desktop. Yeah, because uh, you're not going anywhere for for a while. So very true, uh, you know, and you maybe want to get a new maybe you want to get a new laptop because I mean, most a lot of people use laptops as their primary PC and you want a better computer. Uh, one thing you and I were just talking about briefly before, uh, but for our listeners, did you know that uh, what, there's been a run on webcams, uh, especially uh, Logitech webcams, which are the industry industry leaders by far? Um, that that we, concept obviously at some point makes sense. You're like, well, yeah, okay, yeah, I get it. But for those of us who have been, you know, around the industry this long, we just take for granted that you know, there, I've got several of them just laying around not doing anything in here i got a c910 bar bar the door <laughs> i got a c910 that i can don't, see don't from bar, here <laughs> bar the door uh, the um the uh <laughs> the thing is uh i guess that a lot of people didn't have an external webcam uh they were a rel- lot maybe people decided that they don't want to rely on the like let's say they're people who hadn't been normally working from home before mm-hmm. They're dialing into meetings. Maybe they wanted something better quality than the um, than the than the crappy camera on their right. um, on their work computer. 
uh, you know, maybe maybe businesses are are buying them for them and saying like, you know, you need we need to make sure people have good quality video because right. I mean, let's be honest, even the best laptop webcam I've seen is really terrible in comparison to what's normally a fifty dollar webcam. Right. So, uh, like the like the Logitech C920, uh, but you'll be hard pressed to find a Logitech webcam, even the low end ones. Uh, for sale anywhere, uh, not sold out anywhere. The only, you know, we've done, you know, we did a story on this uh, just yesterday and, you know, the you can buy now. And for the most part, it involves going to e going to eBay. Uh, the Razer Kio uh, is available, on, was available at least at the time we published on Amazon, but you have to wait to mid-April to have it shipped. So uh, that and... For those not familiar with the Razer Kio is a pretty decent webcam. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's got a it's the only webcam I've seen that has a light built into it, so it actually you can actually have it like light your face, um, and the quality is mm, almost on par with like a, a Logitech C920 uh, or C930, uh, which are really the gold standard. So you know uh, that's. Uh, these are some of the interesting uh, tech things going on. Now, another interesting uh, tech story that's going on is folding at home, mm -hmm. which we talked about last week. But I want to remind folks that uh, Tom's Hardware, my day job, we're doing a fold off. Um, that means we're competing with our uh, colleagues at Anontech to see who can score the most points in a one month period, um, uh, which is underway right now. Uh, in folding at home. So please, if you have some spare computing cycles or really everybody does, you don't need to, you can just have it use your, uh, operate on your computer when it's idle. Uh, if you download folding at home and we have an article about how to download it and join our team on tomshardware.com and you make sure that when you sign up for folding at home or if you're already on folding at home and you can enter a team number that you enter 40051, which is the Tom's Hardware team, 40051, help us uh, do medical research, help us help medical researchers researching uh, uh, treatments for the coronavirus and other diseases like, like cancer, uh, and also help us uh, beat a non-tech, because uh, they, last I checked, they were ahead of us. Um, no. Granted, whoever, uh, whoever loses... Uh, Everybody wins because we're contribute we're contributing, uh, contributing to a project uh, to projects that are hopefully helping. And we had a story up just today about how uh, folding at home with all of the new signups has become like one of the world's largest supercomputers. Nice. I mean, if you if you think of all the distributed computers yeah. coming together, it has become one of the great supercomputers of the world now so um and we will have oh. some stories up also on tom's hardware this week if you're competitive on how to actually uh get the highest scores in folding at home uh, you know think like what cpu gives uh you know does okay. amd or intel do do better uh or uh there we we believe but we have to test it uh that linux actually uh gives you a significant boost over Windows on the same computer. Hmm. Uh, so, um, 
things just things to keep in mind i will point out that uh my intel powered computers have received more compute blocks than my amd powered computers have i don't know what that means but just thought that was interesting it might be it might be a coincidence it might be that my it, intel it ones are are uh stronger computers because the amd ones outside of this room are are my lower powered ones, so it might be that i don't know how it picks i should actually i could I, that would actually be an interesting story if, mm -hmm. if i could get uh, i could get some information about that believe it or not i've actually been able to email a little bit with the guy who's in charge of uh, folding at home wow so uh um so yeah it was very you know busy but nice and accessible uh we we asked him is there a way that we could benchmark it because it's hard to benchmark uh something that's given out so randomly and he put us in touch with a technical contact who gave us like a fake workload that we could run offline so that we can actually do an apples to apples comparison between platforms that's cool um so so uh i could i could write to him and see if there's a uh if they have any kind of exp explanation that they're willing to share or can share about how they how they divvy out workload does it have anything to do with detecting what type of hardware you have or the ip address or you know i don't know interesting uh, yeah, some it, folks seem to be having hours where they get nothing and then I but I log on and I get stuff right away So I have no idea. I One of my computers seems to always be running uh, and one of them seems to be eh, Kind of up in the air So I don't know but the one that's always running seems to run most of its workload off the GPU not off the CPU So that might that might factor in too. I don't know Anyway, yeah, it's all interesting, isn't it? <laughs> no idea, but uh, let's get down to some news now. This week's Nifty Gifties and F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for new technology to help with your new work from home environment or you're looking for some uh new entertainment maybe through an xbox one uh some new games even uh, vr and ar hardware the microsoft store has all of it and has a lot of deals running right now uh, where you can save up to $200 on a surface pro 7 uh, $300 on a surface laptop 3 and a whole lot more and if you are a uh, an active student or military you get discounts on almost everything in the store you can find about find out about all of that by going to f5live.tv slash microsoft so obviously we've talked a lot over the last i don't know year and a half about how messaging seems to have become a weird focus industry within the tech space, there's all kinds of messaging apps and even things that aren't messaging apps uh, have been putting a lot of resources behind, behind messaging uh, services, including Facebook, who uh, announced 
a year or so ago that they were working to uh, to integrate their three primary platforms, being Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, uh, and to kind of rethink the way that messaging works on the platform. Uh, they've been working on that both to and against uh, uh, the likes of the government. But uh, this week, something interesting came out. A, um, a reverse engineering expert named Jane Wong uh, took the newest version of Instagram for Android and uh, pulled it apart, looked at the code, and found a feature that had not been announced or released that was only denoted with the uh, speak no evil monkey emoji. And uh, when she got into that, she discovered that it was a feature for a like a dark mode, a uh, disappearing messages feature. So she dug into it, put together a virtual demo on the technology, uh, posted it to Twitter, and uh, Instagram responded. And said, yes, that's something that nobody's supposed to know about. We, <laughs> we've been working on it internally and are not ready for the world to test it just yet. Uh, so, obviously, that's Snapchat. And it's far from the first time that Facebook has uh, snatched a feature wholesale out of Snapchat's uh, playbook. Stories, for example. Um Basically, since they offered to purchase the company in 2014 for three billion dollars, yes, three billion—that's triple what they paid for Instagram—and um, Snapchat said no, go away. Um, uh, Facebook has done everything in their power to try and compete or to steal things wholesale. Uh, there was the 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 service sling slingshot. That was Facebook's attempt at Snapchat that lasted less than a year. Um, but it's definitely interesting that this thing is is in the active like release code base. Uh, do you do you think that means that there's like a small group of people who who do have access to this Avram? Maybe maybe just employees that are using it on the network. Maybe uh, I mean. I think sometimes when you're rolling out code, maybe you, you roll out something that, I mean, like you rolled out part of the, I mean, it might've been a mistake. Uh, maybe they That's rolled true. out, maybe they put, put it there and it's like, well, it doesn't work. Right. Or she doesn't, she didn't have the ability to test it. Right. So, oh no. Theoretically it absolutely works. Um, there's UI behind it and everything. Which is why I'm thinking that maybe well, maybe they're testing it internally, um, and so yeah. you know some some employees have a published version of it that works, which is why the code base is in the published version. But it's it's definitely weird right. that you would publish something that's not available to anybody. That would normally be in a I mean, it's in a different not, build. Yeah, I mean that's not particularly great version control on their part. Unless there are people in the wild who are using it on the published version. In that case, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, you yeah. know, it's it's not unusual for Facebook to build a feature and then never actually release it. Uh, um, we, we've seen that on 
all of their platforms. They've they've put time into features, and then they're like, ah, you know what? We really don't care, and and it never <laughs> it never sees the light of day. But the idea that this is in the published uh, out in the wild code suggests to me that this one will probably see the light of day. What we don't know is when a uh, and b we don't know uh, what disappearing messages means. Uh, what she saw was that when you leave the app uh, or when you leave the message, the messages are gone. But what does that mean? <laughs> right? Does that mean that it's just gone from the device? Do they also purge it from the server? Because, you know, in the early days of Snapchat, people who didn't understand what was going on thought that it was being purged from the server and turns out, nope, uh, only from your device. So how is, how is Instagram handling this? Oh. And what and on top of that, what's the likelihood that they'll tell us? You know, it's Facebook. They're they're a little black boxy on stuff yeah. like that. I mean, you know, it's interesting. So it makes me think that they might add this feature, uh, that they likely will add this feature. Maybe they even want hey, maybe they maybe this is a really stealthy marketing plan. Maybe they were hoping because so, they responded to it, right? So uh, maybe they're the maybe corporate they, communications department responded to it publicly on Twitter. So, yeah. So maybe they're trying to build up anticipation. Now, I don't know. I guess I'm not a big Instagram user and I'm certainly not a Snapchat user. I don't know why it would be so exciting, such an exciting feature to achieve basically parity with an existing service. Um, so unless unless there unless there's some really compelling reason uh that this is better than than what's out there i'm not really sure why why this would be a buzzworthy feature but let's keep in mind that apple thought it was really compelling that they added copy when they added copy and paste to ios as if they had invented copy and paste uh-huh. so true yeah that that's true or or when they gave you the ability to send the photos that you took. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so who know who, who knows whether maybe they're just happy. Maybe they just want, maybe they think people who are Instagram fans will be excited by this. I'm not in that group. So I can't say I don't, I don't totally, I'll be honest. I never really totally understood the Snapchat a feature of sending somebody a photo that goes away because because I'm sure that there's ways to hack that and and Snapchat I believe even maintain still has it on their server somewhere yes they do right so so it's a lie right like I mean I don't I don't know cuz I have not really tried it but can you not take a screenshot of of your of your device on your device when you get the picture, you absolutely can, uh, and it took Snapchat. So isn't that it took Snapchat a very long time to uh, to realize that that was a possibility? I, I don't know why, but whatever. <laughs> um, and now, now they send the other person a notification if you've snap if you've screenshotted the picture. But they can't stop you. They, Correct. They just, they just send someone a notification. Correct. Um, and in in fairness, if you 
There was a really great interview with uh, one of the founders of Snapchat a couple of years ago uh, where he explained the reasoning behind it, behind the platform. And it wasn't at all what it turned out to be. <laughs> um, it was it was more about like, uh, you know, uh, a, a moment in time, a snap, a, a snapshot of time. Um, as opposed to a, a a constant feed of thing, which is which was Instagram, um, which is an interesting idea, and they never thought about the idea of uh, people thinking, oh, well, things are going to disappear. That would be perfect for illicit content, uh, which is why it doesn't get purged off the servers. So, as as the intention and the usage diverged significantly uh snapchat had to respond to that with things like notifying you on a on a screenshot things like that because that was not at all what they thought the platform was going to be for which is so funny well, because anybody then, who's ever used the internet would have heard the idea and gone well i know what that's going to be used for right exactly well I, I really, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, is there are there a lot of people on Instagram who want to put up things and have them disappear right away? I don't know. Uh, right away, I, don't I mean, know. right away, I don't know. But certainly, stories is a twenty four hour automatic time bomb, right? Which they they stole right off of right off of Snapchat, and then it started to show up everywhere. Facebook's got it, and Messenger has it, which I find fascinating. Uh, and then YouTube's got a stories thing now. Everybody ripped that off of Snapchat pretty hard. <laughs> I guess if you're the company with with ideas, good or bad, doesn't matter. But ideas, I guess people are going to rip them off. And I think that's just the nature of how it works. But you just have to do it better, right? That's the That's the thing. If you can continue to be the best at the thing... Then there you go. Uh, but disappearing stuff is a uh, is a thing right now. Uh, Twitter has been testing uh, their own disappearing tweets, essentially a stories mode, a twenty four hour auto time bomb. I I don't know. It's not something that appeals to me, but I look at the world from a content creator standpoint. So the idea of time bombed content is strange. But I mean, unless you know you're going to be embarrassed about it later, and if you're going to be embarrassed about it later, you probably shouldn't be sending it or posting yeah, it. Now. Don't post it in the first place. Exactly. That's you and I are on the same page on that one, friend. Yeah. This ooh, this week's pilch point with Avram Pilch is uh, probably powered by PureVPN. Uh, we're all doing a whole lot more time online and uh, protecting your identity and your uh, browsing history is an important part of uh, being online these days. And a, uh, a VPN like PureVPN is a great way to do that because it, it uh, obfuscates your, your browsing history from the likes of Facebook and Google as well as your ISP. It allows you to get to things that you may not be able to get to uh, natively, uh, whether it be location locked or um, 
or something like that. And right now, uh, we've got a two-year plan available for $3.33 a month instead of the normal $10.95. Uh, and on top of that, there's also a 31-day money-back guarantee. So if it turns out to not be for you, no worries, you're not out of anything. And to, uh, to give this a shot and find out more about the platform, you can go to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. So before we get started with this, because we're going to do a bit of a show and tell, I want to remind people that if you are listening and not watching and you would like to, uh, to see the show and tell that we are about to do, um, you can go to pilchpoint.live and uh and look for this episode you'll be able to see what abram's about to show off and with that abram what have you got for us tonight i'll i'll, I'll narrate this as best i can because i know that some folks will be listening and i, and I appreciate that because i like to listen to podcasts also so i just wanted to talk a little bit about and and you can see it on screen if you can see uh the new dell xps 13 9300 so uh this is the latest version of Dell's flagship laptop. It just went on sale a couple weeks ago, and I just got it into review on Friday and still testing it, but we'll definitely have a review up this week. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Dell XPS 13, it is by many people considered the industry leader in uh, lightweight laptops. It is starts at 2.64 pounds, uh, and with without a touchscreen and 2.8 with a touchscreen, so very light. It is 0.58 inches thick, which is very thin, which means that it has does not have full-size USB ports. So if you want thin and a full-size USB port, don't don't get this laptop. Uh, if you're willing to, uh, you know, to carry a dongle, it does have. Um, Thunder, it does have Thunderbolt ports on either side, one of which it can use for charging. Um, what's improved, I mean, the XPS 13 has been around for a number of years. Uh, what's improved in this design is uh, th that Dell has finally solved the webcam problem that prior XPSs had. If you are familiar with prior XPS 13s, they had what uh, we affectionately called a nose cam. Rather than having uh, the webcam in the traditional place, which is in the center top uh, bezel of the screen, uh, because the top bezel was so thin, Dell couldn't fit it there. So they put it all the way down in the bottom bezel. So if you were using the laptop and you were in the middle of um, you know, you were staring at and wanting to do a video conference, it would be looking up at you, like up your nose. Uh, the way to avoid that would be to, you know, sit the laptop on a pile of books uh, while you're while you're talking or use an external webcam. Uh, but uh, with the new XPS 13, Dell has managed to create a really, really super thin webcam that fits into the top bezel and uh, has solved that problem. So, uh, so good for Dell. Uh, this XPS, the new XPS 13s have, um, have t Intel 10th generation, 10 nanometer processors. Uh, that means that these are the first, these are among, 
the first to use 10 nanometer, although Intel, although we've been seeing uh, 10 nanometers since the fall, but uh, that's definitely the latest and greatest. A lot of laptops are still on uh, common, still on 14 nanometer processors. Uh, does it really matter for performance? Uh, we'll, we'll let you know when we test. Uh, generally, the 10 nanometer hasn't performed any better than the 14. Um, in in but overall, uh, the one that I am showing the folks who are watching on video uh, has the top of the line Core i7 uh, one 165G7 processor that can go up to 3.9 gigahertz. Uh, this laptop is available with has another neat feature that is brand new for uh, for this year, which is that the aspect ratio of the screen has now changed from traditional 16 by 9 to 16 by 10. And that allows for two, for it to come in two different screen resolutions you don't see a lot, which is uh, you see 1920 by 1200 as the base and then 3840 by 2400 as the, um, as the high end. Uh, that means that you have most most monitor most screens and monitors are 16 by 9 which means they're 1920 by 1080 or 3840 by 2160 uh, for the 4k these give you more vertical real estate uh, which is which is nice because that means that you'll see more uh, on web pages without scrolling and you'll see more when you're editing documents with uh, without scrolling and that's definitely a huge a huge plus most screens have been made to sort of match what Hollywood does, which is 16 by nine. Uh, but Dell has made a nice step forward here in going to 1610. Uh, of course, Microsoft on the surface does 3.2, which is even more vertical. Um, but uh, this, is a, this is a pretty neat laptop. The keyboard uh, feels really good. The screen is super bright. Uh, the one that I'm showing folks here has the uh, 1920 by 1200 touchscreen, uh, and it is rated for 500 nits of brightness, which is just ridiculously bright, and 100% uh, coverage of the sRGB color gamut, which is also fantastic. Um, still waiting on the results from the battery test. Um, we would expect uh, prior XPS 13s did really well. So I will hope and expect that this gets 10 hours plus, um, which would, which would again be fantastic. Uh, so that's, uh, just a quick look at the Dell XPS 13, which now is available on Dell for 12, starting at 1249. Uh, the model I'm showing folks, which has the core I seven, 16 gigs of Ram, 512 gigabyte SSD, um, and the touchscreen uh, is goes for about 1749. Uh, so it really depends on what specs you want, uh, but this is definitely going to be a pretty compelling choice up there with other lightweight uh, lightweight laptops like uh, HP's HP Spectre X360, which is a convertible but but very light. Uh, and uh, if you're willing to get a business laptop, uh, uh, still the ThinkPad, the ThinkPad X1 Carbon is a great choice. 
that's that's the laptop I personally use. Uh, and uh, so that's just a just a quick look at uh, at the new XPS 13. And and I have to say the 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 look of it just through the screen the look of it is impressive. But the thing that I was most impressed by was the fact that even with such a super bright screen like that, um, that it isn't ruining the webcam. Like you, you know, in the past when we've done these, sometimes a, a screen that's super bright will mess with the camera. This isn't doing that, which means that they're backlighting it differently which might also account for I mean, how how nice the screens on these new models are. I mean, God, Dell so uh, with these XPS 13s going back a long way has had really excellent screens. The yeah. screen quality on these is fantastic. They call them infinity edge displays because they have almost no bezel at all on the top, the left and the right, and now on the bottom as well. There's almost no bezel. So, you know, by having a less of a frame around the screen, it also really makes the, the images pop more. Uh, it's definitely a beautiful screen to look at. Uh, I imagine that the, um, that the 4K screen, which is not on the review model I have, uh, which promises to do HDR 400, uh, is going to and to cover 90% of the DCI-P3 color gamut, which is a wider gamut than sRGB, uh, will be even more impressive to look at. Wow. Well, I, I'm impressed by the look of it, uh, even through the camera, <laughs> which is, which is impressive. Um, at, I, I gotta tell you, the look of the Dell laptops these last couple of generations really has been has been stunning. Um, I have one sitting on my desk as well. I don't know all the specs on it. Uh, in fact, I know none of the specs on it yet. I haven't had it long Is enough. yours the frost white color as well? No. Is yours the white? No, mine, so mine is black and silver, like a, a deep silver. Yes. Right, yes. So, um, so the... I think this one has like the gold, the gold colored lid uh, that I'm showing folks here. Um, so it comes in two colors. It comes in uh, what's known as Alpine white, which has like this white deck and keyboard. Um, and and if if one could look really closely at it, you'd see that there's kind of a, a texture, a hard texture on the wrist in the uh, palm rest area. Now, the, the it, depending on which configuration you get, you might actually have to pay $50 more for the white model. I don't know that I would actually get the white model because the, the other model, which is the other color, which is silver on the lid and sides and bottom, but black um, on the inside, uh, the black is carbon fiber, uh, at least it traditionally has been, uh, which means that it is very, very soft and like really pleasant to touch and pleasant to put your, your wrists on for typing. This is kind of a hard plastic, mm. the white one. 
so I I know when Dell first added the white, which was I think one or two generations ago, uh, folks were impressed because hey, we were getting people were getting tired of seeing the same silver and black look mm-hmm. across you know like several many generations of this product, but uh, I think that the the carbon fiber palm rest uh, was better, and um, you know that's what I would recommend to somebody. Uh, now, I, I wish that they would try some some other color schemes, mm-hmm. but uh, you know how it is. Manufacturers are afraid to get too risky, uh, to take too many risks with color schemes because because uh, uh, you know strong colors don't don't sell well, or they're afraid that they won't. Right. They say, oh, everybody wants to see us make red and blue and orange and green, and then they oh, then they go back to buying gray and white. Um, I think HP has done a fantastic job of integrating color into uh-huh. their Spectre X360 series. You can get um, this kind of a dark blue, uh, dark metallic blue color on it, which looks fantastic. Uh, so, um, you know, kudos to them. Uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of people really like the look of this white and gold uh, color scheme. Uh, but just for a matter of comfort, because of the soft palm rest, I would, if I were getting an XPS 13, I would go for the other color scheme, which gives you uh, black carbon fiber wrist rest, which is nice and soft, and then uh, silver uh, top and bottom. Gotcha. Yeah, and and that's the that's the configuration I have. Um, I would I will point out that uh, Microsoft has also done a good job with integrating color uh, in the surface yes. in the surface laptops. Because that cobalt blue, I love. If I was getting a Surface laptop yes. tomorrow, you... cobalt blue is the color I would go with. Yes. I'd like to see more, personally, I'd like to see more blue laptops. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we ever see a green laptop. Have you seen a green laptop? Uh, the HP, that $150 Windows 10 right. S thing. Right. But that, that was like a kid's school machine right but right. outside of right. that no yeah those things usually usually when you see color like a color on a laptop like blue red um it's usually on a really cheap mm-hmm. laptop yeah. it's usually on like a you know a kid's one or one that's like 400 bucks uh and they're trying to make the laptop stand out by by selling it in a, in in bright colors uh, and that's that's unfortunate because you know if you really if you really want a good quality laptop you're not going to go for that. Uh, it's it's one of those things like I used to really want uh, to buy a phone with a physical keyboard, mm-hmm. and there are phones with physical keyboards out there, but if you want one, you have to settle for you have to settle for a cheap, not as good phone. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, sorry, BlackBerry. <laughs> I was um, just going to say so. You know, I mean, those are the best that you can get with keyboards. Right. Uh, I think there's still some others out there that are like sliders that are super duper cheap. Um, but if you want the best, you you know, you can't have a bright color. And if you want the best phone, you can't have a physical keyboard. Yeah. And to be fair on the BlackBerry thing, TCL just gave up their their uh, licensing. So you won't see those anymore either. Yeah, I know. There's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Nobody want, nobody, uh, nobody. Unfortunately, almost nobody wanted them. Plus, TCL is making their own phones under their own brand, so 
I'm not surprised they're not white labeling anymore. Anyway, that's a whole different topic. Um, anyway, that's an awesome laptop. Um, I am excited that I also have one <laughs> sitting on my desk. It's a 15, not a 13, but it does have that, that carbon fiber inside, which I'm, I like. And I did not realize that the other configuration was different. So I'm glad that I have the one that I have. I guess it's like the it's like the Surface laptop, right? Where the black and the gold are regular metal, and then the other three are that other material, that custom Microsoft material. It depends on the color. Alcantara. So, that's it. <laughs> that's oh, I think it's also used in car upholstery. Yeah, I think so. But nobody else is using it on a laptop. Yes, yeah. is the the point. So anyway, um, so obviously you've got it in your possession. So you're working on a review on it. Uh, what can we expect on that this week? This week? Uh, this this week. You know, we're 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 benchmarking it. Uh, it's a somewhat of a coronavirus challenge because uh, we normally have people in our lab who help us. Uh, who help us do do this testing, and they have the colorimeter that we use to do the screen testing, and then we know what to be really technical about it. They also have to get the brightness uh, exact 150. Figure out what 150 nits is, what setting 150 nits is, because that's what we're in the battery test at. So, uh, fortunately, uh, you know, we got. Uh, another copy of this another copy of this laptop or rather our our colleagues at laptop mag which is the same parent company as us got another copy of this laptop and i think uh they're sending it to the lab person in her house to do to test wow. uh so i can't i can't write it up until i get their the test numbers from there because I don't have the colorimeter that costs seven thousand dollars, and I'm not going to buy one for the for this period. So, um, you know, it's one of those things that we had to work out. How are we going to test laptops, particularly laptop screens? Yeah, because uh, you know, benchmarks. Sure, I have the software; I can run benchmarks, no problem. But um, something that requires a special equipment, um, not everybody can do. Right we don't have that many uh, versions of. Sure, that makes sense. You mean you don't have just like an army of $7,000 uh, test equipment <laughs> hanging around? I mean, I wish we did. Right? Um, <laughs> yeah, so. But it's know, good that so you have a we plan. Have, we have one person who has it. Yeah, I mean, that was our, you know, when we found out our office was closing, uh, I personally said to like the head of our lab which we share lab resources with uh, laptop mag and tom's guide and i said we gotta have a meeting about this right away to figure out how we're going to do how we're going to do these things yeah and uh you know a lot of and fortunately uh for us at tom's hardware most of our uh key reviews are done by people who have the quit who mm -hmm. by writers who have the equipment in their house our cpu guy has all the equipment in his house our our GPU editor has all the equipment he needs to test GPUs in his house, uh, but uh, for laptops, that's where we run into some issues, and so um, so that's that's so otherwise so while I would love to have a review of it up tomorrow, I gotta <laughs> wait some of their results, and sure. so I got it on Friday. I haven't gotten to do a ton of playing with it this weekend yet. 
uh, but um, it looks very promising. Well, very cool. I definitely look forward to uh, to seeing the review when it when it publishes and uh, comparing it to my experience with my new machine as well, uh, which is fun to uh, to have that. And of course, uh, we mentioned it earlier, but we'll mention it again. Tom's Hardware is doing the uh, the folding at home challenge against uh, their their sister site. So if you're doing folding at home and you're not already on a team or you would like to help Avram beat his colleague, join team 40051. That's right. <laughs> help us beat an on tech. We have to beat them. Uh, we are going to be publishing from Amrock about it as well uh, tomorrow morning. So doing Great. what we can for you, buddy. <laughs> and uh, right. we will see what we got next week. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. All the accessories you need to up your game on both PC and console are available from Razer. Whether you're looking for a new keyboard and a mouse, um, a controller for your, uh, for your PC or console, or even an entire gaming rig uh, like the Razer Blade 15, you can find all of it at Razer. And uh, you can find all the deals that are running, including from the uh, the warehouse and the refurb department by going to f5live.tv slash razor. You know, that's one of the places I haven't looked to see if there are uh, webcams is is there. Because <laughs> I was looking well, while we were Keo, talking earlier. The Keo is a... The Razer Keo is our, our top choice of things that you have a shot of actually buying. Okay. Well, I <laughs> so, can... Uh, their I can, webcam is good. I can tell you for sure that there is a notify me button on the website for the Keo right now. <laughs> so... Uh, I think people picked... I think people picked up on that. I noticed that... I'll just... You know, we talked before about, uh, you know, webcam selling out. When I last checked, Dell.com did not say that they were out of any of the Logitech webcams, which okay. they claim to have. But I don't know whether that is just not showing that they're out of it or uh -huh. or that they actually have stock. Sure. That makes sense. Well, so interesting. Well, um, speak, speaking of uh, game retail, uh, this week has been an interesting one for one retailer, GameStop, who has had a rough go of it the last couple of years. Um, they, they've they uh, definitely suffered from the digital download uh, increases on the PS4 and the Xbox One, uh, competition from Steam and Epic on the PC. Um, and then they made the weird decision to shut down the physical stores for the brand that was doing well, ThinkGeek, and uh, try and integrate them into the GameStop stores. All very strange, but none of it compares to the weirdness that was this week. 
as cities and states across uh, the United States have gone into complete shutdown, uh, requiring that only essential retail may remain open, basically meaning uh, grocery stores and pharmacies. Um, GameStop decided, no, it's not just grocery stores and pharmacies. We are essential retail, too, because, I don't know, we have keyboards. Their, their reasoning was bizarre, but firm. So firm that they sent um, a document to all their store managers to hand to law enforcement to allow them to argue that they needed to remain open. Awkward. Can you imagine being the manager of a GameStop and law enforcement shows up at your door and says, hey, uh, we know everybody loves the Switch, but y'all got to get out. And you hand them a letter that says, I can't talk to you about this. Call my corporate office. I can guarantee nobody went through with that. They said, yes, officer, door is locked. <laughs> uh, you know, so this leads me to an interesting question, which I don't know if you have the answer to, which is so there to, to go over this again for our uh, viewers and listeners, uh, GameStop seemed to think that be, that they are an essential service because they sell equipment that people could use uh, to, uh, you know, work from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if you're uh, scratching your head as to how a store called GameStop uh, could be uh, something that helps people work, you're not alone. Absolutely. I mean, there's a stretch, uh, there's a stretch under which you could say, well, they have mice, they have keyboards, they maybe they have mouse pads or wrist rests or something there. Okay, people might need, maybe they have webcams. Uh, <laughs> I was just people, thinking that that might actually be a good place to get your webcam. I don't, I don't know. Um, the last time I was there, I wasn't looking for any of that stuff. I mean, their their PC offerings are not not very substantial at mm-hmm. any GameStop I've ever seen. Uh, but you know, they might have like a you know a gaming keyboard or something. Uh, but uh, you know, that's a real stretch. Um, I guess this leads me to a different question, though, which is, does Staples have the does that make Staples an essential uh, business? Because uh, Staples, Staples at least, is made for business, uh, right? Does that does that mean it's okay for them to stay open? Are they an essential business? I mean, I don't think that they should get to stay open, but uh, I don't know if they can can claim that. Yeah, uh, now I'm with you. My, I mean, I I don't I don't know. I haven't been driving around trying to see who's open and who's not. Uh, I do live in an area where they've said that all non-essential businesses should close. Obviously, every there's very few businesses that will admit that they're not essential. <laughs> you know, we're essential. True. True. Um, you know, but and and you know, look, there. are like for the folks working at home, like myself, you know, if your keyboard breaks and you don't have another one, uh, you could be quite unproductive. Um, now 
Now, um, you know, it's but still, you could make that argument about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I think we were talking in the introduction to this about like what happens if my glasses break. Sure. Right. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I was talking over dinner with my family that my dentist had shut down. What if someone has a dental emergency? Mm -hmm. Even my dentist, which is like, I would consider that medical, right. uh, you know, has decided to decided to shut down. So uh, and, and I guess if you're going to take social distancing seriously, you have to take a very liberal view of what's what's not essential. Sure. Because there's a lot of things that a lot of things that absolutely cannot be absolutely cannot be shut down so you know you have to not as many things as possible have to shut down now gamestop is nowhere even on the borderline of being essential at all like if you could even make the argument that says like staples is essential uh or or whatever because it carries business supplies and people can ship because i know like ups i think ups stores and fedex stores are still are still open, but I think or they're at doing least some of them are. I think they're doing drop um, at the door. Ah, but um, but you know you can't, you you can no way argue that GameStop is essential. Now, I honestly don't know how strictly these like essential non-essential things are being enforced. Like, are they sending police around to close it down, or are they mostly counting on people to? Uh, to comply voluntarily. So apparently, <laughs> apparently, uh, uh, but not in the case of GameStop. <laughs> I think in in the case of GameStop, I believe Kotaku uh, was the the brand, the publication that called store managers in California to talk to them about what was going on, and they said absolutely law enforcement had been at their doors telling them to go home. So wow. apparently, yes, law yes. enforcement is going around trying to enforce these uh, these these rules. And okay, so here so here's the thing: the end result of this is that after many publications wrote about it, GameStop has changed their policy. They are now doing curbside pickup; nobody's allowed in the store, um, except obviously except employees. Um, so they have technically closed pickup of what. Uh, online orders, uh, f- for example, um, there are there are two stores in my area that have webcams. So, oh, okay. So, guess what, folks? This might be your this. Well, I, if you can trust, uh, I've had stuff where you you know, if you can trust that if they say they have something, they True. actually have it. True. Although I guess they'll they'll email, presumably. Well, they'll presumably they'll email you a confirmation that they have it. Um, but uh, I mean, the thing is, OK, I guess that's one thing that people could use, although if they processed, if they just did remote like mail orders, that would be fine. Right. Yep. Yeah. But that's going to leave I mean, a lot of the, inventory, that's going to leave inventory in stores for things that might be high demand like webcams. That's true. Like if they don't have it in the warehouse, but they do have it at your store, then then you wouldn't get it. Uh, Also, let's keep in mind that what we haven't talked about really is that GameStop is on death's door. Uh And GameStop was on death's door 
before the coronavirus was Long a thing. Before. So there was a story in Polygon uh, about a month ago called GameStop employees report extreme pressure from desperate bosses. Mm-hmm. And, and it talks about how the company is trying to like pressure uh, pressure people into like customers into like buying buying used phones mm-hmm. like things that things that people don't want from a GameStop, right? Like they they're trying to pressure people into all kinds of selling all kinds of stuff because their business model is uh dead. Mm-hmm. Right? Like their yeah. their business model is is old. Like I mean everybody a lot of people like going into a GameStop cuz hey, it's a place where games are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think GameStop's biggest mistake was when they bought ThinkGeek, they didn't change the whole store to ThinkGeek instead yep. of changing, instead of making ThinkGeek into GameStop. Yep, they definitely like, went the wrong way. There's with that. a brand. There's a brand that actually has um, value, right? Like, I mean, I guess it didn't have as much value because they shut down the website for it. But like, they had unique stuff that yep. was like oriented towards lifestyle. And it wasn't it wasn't going anywhere. Like, whereas physical games are are dying. Yeah. And and there's like no really compelling need to go into the store. You know, I mean, I often have gone to GameStop to buy used stuff, but very often, you know, it's not um, significantly cheaper than getting something new, and it's definitely not cheaper than buying a pre-owned game on eBay or some someplace right. like that. So uh, I don't see how like GameStop continues. And then this was, you know, there was an analyst who said they were going to close a thousand stores this year, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a former store manager said they think they're going to close a thousand stores this year. That was before yeah. coronavirus. Yeah. So my guess is GameStop is done. Yeah. And that my, is why, probably why GameStop is taking this measure because they realize if they close, probably the last time if they close GameStop. They, their fear was if they, if yeah. they locked the doors, they would never unlock them again. And I think, I think their fear is justified. I do too. But, uh, too bad, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, it, it is sad that these stores are going, are going to go away. Yeah. Um, but you know, but so did Radio Shack and, and the desperate things that Polygon was talking about GameStop trying to do is the things that, that the post Julian day Radio Shack tried to do to keep their lights on. It's the same kind of desperate measures. And ironically, GameStop bought EB games, which was founded by Radio Shack. So it's, it is interesting that that the Tandy curse seems to have followed across uh, EB Games into GameStop. Uh, but, but I mean, it's, it's some business models are temporary, as especially in the technology space. As technology changes, some business models just don't make sense anymore. And uh, used physical copies of games, I. The joke has always been that for a sixty dollar game. GameStop will basically give you a handshake and kick you out and then turn around and sell it for 53 instead of 59. Um, but you can jump on 
the Facebook Marketplace or Poshmark or the one that starts with an M whose name I can't remember or something like that and sell it for 30 and that's way more than GameStop was going to give you. Or you find one of your local stores. We've got a great one here, M&M Games, uh, that gives you way more than GameStop does for trading in a game. And you're, lo- you're supporting a local company, and uh, you don't have any of that weird pressure <laughs> coming from, now, a, from I'm a worried about death spiral. Now, I'll tell you, I'm worried about stores like the one you mentioned, uh, you know, that actually are, are trying. I'm also worried about my favorite, my favorite store, uh, which is uh, which is Micro Center, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, now if you live, um, if you don't live on the East Coast, I don't think you have Micro Center, but they have them up and down up and down the east coast i think there's like t- maybe 25 something like that uh stores and stores in total in the new york area we've got like five or six of them it is i i really hope that they can recover from this because that is a real computer store that you can go to and you know you want to try a keyboard they've got like 30 of them on the on the wall you want to you want to buy like it's it's better than CompUSA ever was because it's designed for people who actually you know about computers and are discerning. It has an entire electronics section uh, where they've just got every you know all kinds of ridiculous uh, you know electronics for you to do to build kits, soldering irons, you know Raspberry Pis, Arduinos, like. Uh, anything that you need for your project and very often cheaper than even cheaper than online. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, I hope the stores that provide real value to people are able to come back after this. Uh, unfortunately I don't think people are going to miss GameStop that much. There's a small, a small contingency. First of all, I have to tell you, I'm impressed. There are exactly 25 stores, although there is one in California. Um, um, but I thought it was like 20 between 20 and 25. So tw- 25 is the count. Yeah. I'm, uh, they've got a drop down list of all the locations. 25 is the count. Um, <laughs> but, uh, there's a small contingency of people who, who love GameStop and pretend that it's still the company that it was 10 years ago, which it is not. Um, but yeah, for the most part, the, the gamer community has given up on GameStop, which is, it's created that catch twenty two death spiral, right? the The community gives up on it a little bit, so they get desperate, which get, makes more people give up on it, which makes them more desperate, and eventually, their own desperation closes their doors. And I think, yep. in, I think, in the end, that is where we will be. And like you said, other than the small contingency of people who continue to support and uh, have vocally supported GameStop's weird decisions this week online. Small percentage. Other than them, yeah, I don't think anybody's going to miss it. But if you're looking for a webcam, apparently they still have them. (laughs) 
This week's news from the tubes and F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or let these guys do it for you. Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, and Kevin Murphy, the former stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000, are back and doing what they do best, making fun of creating commentaries for block Hollywood blockbusters and B-movie oddities like Ninja Warlord. Oh, that guy has no teeth. Uh, the way it works is for a couple of dollars, you download the MP3, play it along with your DVD... Uh, Amazon, Netflix, wherever the movie happens to live and laugh. They also do live events. They theoretically have two of them scheduled for 2020. We will see how that works out uh, as time goes on. Uh, maybe they won't be in movie theaters, but whatever. Um, we will see uh, uh, after the live events, they show up on the site as well. In addition to all the short films like they used to do on MST3K. And uh, to find out what feature films, what short films, and what live events are available, you can go to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. Oh my goodness, this movie is called Velvet Smooth. All right. Definitely time to close that. So, uh, <laughs> um, interestingly, back on the Facebook topic, um, while on the Instagram side, they are adding uh, disappearing chats, which, whatever. Um, on the Facebook side, about a year ago, they announced that there was a redesigned version of the web app uh, coming. They showed it off at F8 last year um, in pretty big detail, uh, but that was the extent of the information that was given. There was no timeline for release. There was no nothing. Um, and then this week, whoop, all of a sudden people started getting... Uh, the new UI without no, without warning for some people, which is interesting. And then for many, uh, it requires you to opt in. Uh, if you want to opt in, it is under the user menu in the top right corner, which looks like the little triangle. If you click that, uh, I think it's the second from the last option says switch to new Facebook. Uh, know that the new Facebook is um, basically the mobile app in web form. The, uh, much more the um, Android app than the iOS app because the tabs are at the top, not the bottom. But uh, it has a very familiar feel for those who use the mobile app a lot. And I think that one of the reasons why it was released right now is a lot of people who are used to using the mobile app are about to sit down at the desktop app for the first time in a while because they're going to be home more. What do you think? Because the timing's weird. Uh, yeah, quite possibly. Um, you know, looking at it, which I got a chance to do just today, I think comparing it to the mobile app is probably fair. What I don't like, and this is probably the same, one of the things I haven't liked about some of Microsoft's first-party apps as well, uh, and some of the ones that they've encouraged the Microsoft Store, is that the density of text seems less it seems like there's less content on the screen and more you know more open space mm -hmm. uh, more icons for things less text and that's consistent with the touchscreen experience like oh great if you're touching on a touchscreen you, you you know your fingers big you don't want to want tiny piece of text uh but i'm using this with a keyboard and mouse mm -hmm. and uh yeah I, I i don't like the new the new look 
it's too uh i don't know just it's too it looks like everything's blown up it looks like the like fisher price version of of the interface yes wow yeah i hadn't i've been trying to put it into words because i generally don't think i'm fond of it either now to be fair there's a reason why i said most people will see an option uh under the menu it's because i do not uh uh, which is which is interesting. I have three different Facebook accounts uh, for various reasons, and uh, none of them have the option, which I found fascinating. Um, but uh, Avram has the option, and uh, uh, Terry Willingham, who's been on the show a number of times, she had it, and so I've been experimenting today through her. Um, and I had it a couple of months ago in an early preview, and yeah, it feels like it. It feels like the Fisher price version of Facebook. Like, like it's not like it's an easy bake oven. It's, it looks kind of like an oven, but it doesn't really work like one. Uh, you know, look, Facebook has become sort of like McDonald's. Everybody, everybody eats there, but nobody really loves it. Everybody uses Facebook uh, you know, everybody uses Facebook, but people, but I, I've not met a person yet who really likes it. I use it. I use it all the time. I shouldn't, you know, it, I don't, I'm not proud of it, you know, um, it, cause you know, my friends and relatives are on there, but you know, I don't know too many people who are like, yeah, Facebook, we, we really, we really love Facebook and we're real boosters of the Facebook brand. So I don't know what Facebook could do to really please people at this point. Um, well, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe they could talk about some of their fact checking stuff and some of their community policies and things that have really been controversial, but anywho, uh, as far as with their UI, like whatever, whatever, whatever works. Um, I mean, I like, I like the, I like the old, I like the old way because it's more dense with text. I like, I like stuff. Maybe it's because I'm old school. Maybe it's because I'm primarily using a keyboard and mouse. I like things that sort of pack more into a smaller space so I can really, you know, pick what I want, absorb what I want. And it's trying to be, to be too cute. The other, the other thing is a lot of those top icons that they have uh, that they have are for things that I never use. Like uh, in the new version, they have an icon for games, right? Like mm. they don't have that. So like if I look at it now, I can switch back and I can toggle back and forth so I can go back, right? And if I toggle back and forth, which... One thing I do like about the new version of the new UI is you can have a dark mode, mm -hmm. which is which is nice. So it's got this like chunky top, chunky top nav here, which um, has like links to like four things that I like a bunch of stuff that I like almost never use. It links to watch marketplace groups and gaming 
while the notifications and messaging stuff is off to the is off to the far right kind of mm-hmm. lost in the corner um and you got to know what these icons stand for right. although it, i guess it's easy enough to figure out eventually um so now, I'm not really uh now in fairness not a fan. In fairness, the mobile app has the same icons. Um and if you're on Android, they're in the same place. Uh if you're on iOS, it's the the tabs across the bottom. Um and for me on the mobile app, the more I use different parts of the system, those tabs have changed. Um the five that show up as the primary ones at the bottom have changed over time. Um, so I'm wondering if the web app will work the same way because the tabs that are my primaries on iOS are different from the tabs that are my primaries on Android, which I find fascinating because it definitely shows that I use my, my devices for different things. Uh, cause one is definitely for show related things and one is definitely for more personal things. And so the tabs that are there are different. Um, cause on, on, uh, Android, I've got. Uh, one of the five is uh, Facebook dating, and that is not on my iOS one at all. So it's possible that the web UI will start to learn the things that you care about and change those things, but I don't know. But I, uh, who knows with time uh, so just, what might happen. Because So just to put... Yeah. So just to put uh, um, some numbers against this, it's about 85 pixels. Uh, the classic version is about, gives you about 85 pixels more content on the bottom of the page. Okay. That's uh, exact. That's I was just measuring it. It came out like 88 pixels of more content uh, on, on the bottom of the page. And is that, uh, is that when just... You, when you start. Is that just UI overhead differences or is that... Um... Yes. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Yes, because the, the, there's the thick bar. There's some unnecessary space between like, I, I, I guess I'm talking about when you're on someone's page. So okay. I guess I could go to like a feed and see. Uh, the other thing that I really don't like is how, like, for example, when I look at your, uh, I'm on your uh, page on Facebook, right? Okay. Uh, where it has your little uh, profile picture uh, on the classic version, it's off to the left of your, mm-hmm. what do you call it, your banner photo. Uh-huh. Uh, but on the new one, it's right in the center covering up the middle of your banner. Oh. So. That's important to know for uh, for graphics. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 so if you care about the, you know, people looking at the, you know, the banner picture, yeah, it's it completely obscures the middle of the, the picture. Okay. So on mine, so. it's probably covering up two of the students because it's the picture from Roboticon. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. So I guess previously it was covering the ones in the corner and now it's covering the ones in the middle. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, I think the way I cropped it kept it from covering, but I think one student, but yeah, interesting. Okay, well, that's important to know for for creating custom graphics and stuff. But yeah, um, so if you want to give it a try, give it a try. As Avram has uh, has said, he uh, had the ability to switch back, um, and that's 
unless you were forced into it, which I know at least one person uh, that I know was forced into the new UI and they don't seem to have the switch back option. Um, you should be able to switch for now. Who knows in the future when they roll this out to everybody as the replacement UI, uh, what that'll look like, but at least you can prepare for it, I guess. This week's DRM not included in F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. In addition to your uh, your free shipping, there are some free entertainment things that you get right now, including Amazon Prime Music, which gives you free music streaming, uh, Amazon Prime Video, which gives you TV, movies, documentaries, both original and licensed content, and you get, uh, with Twitch Prime, you get uh, free uh, video games, and you get the ability to help the uh, streamer of your choice financially by subscribing to their channel for free, um, which obviously right now for those people who make money online, uh, whether it be Plug Hits Live or your other uh, favorite streamers, um, that little bit can always help. Uh, so definitely take advantage of your your uh, your free subscription uh, and all of your other uh, free benefits that come with a Prime subscription which we have listed for you. And if you're not already a Prime subscriber, we've got a 30-day free trial, all available by going to f5live.tv slash prime. So uh, so real quick before we, we end the show, uh, just wanted to let people know that the entertainment companies are really responding to what's going on right now. They know that people are, are going to be stuck at home uh, and... And they're changing their business practices. We've seen uh, Microsoft has put uh, some extra games into, and this isn't necessarily in our article. This is just things that are in my head right now. Microsoft has added extra games to uh, uh, Game Pass Ultimate, and they're giving uh, free DLC now. Um, uh, GOG.com has added uh, more free games that you can get uh, from the platform. Um Venues and bars are doing uh, live streams with donations for local musicians and even drag performers. I had somebody message me with a link yesterday. They're like, hey, our local gay bar is doing uh, drag performances on Facebook Live. Uh, I'm like, all right, well, I guess that's, that's going in the article, isn't it? Um, and we're seeing movies that either are supposed to release in the next couple of weeks or have released uh, recently everything from from Pixar's Onward to Birds of Prey, Disney's Frozen 2, um, either skipping the theaters... Frozen 2 is on... Di- Go ahead. I was just going to say Frozen 2 is on Disney+. Plus. Yes. Uh, it was not supposed to be on Disney+, Plus until sometime next month. Uh, they pulled it for digital uh, early. Um, so, so yeah, so things are either coming to streaming services or available for rental or purchase early, far earlier than they're supposed to be. Um, I mean, Onward, uh, is, was available for purchase, uh, I think 16 days after it hit theaters, which is obviously insane. 
So it's interesting that you bring this up because this we were talking about this in my house last night. And um, this is Onward in particular. My son and I had seen a trailer for it the last time we went to the movies, which mm-hmm. will probably be the last time we go to the movies for a very long time, which is when we went to see Son- the Sonic movie, okay. which was actually much better than it had any right to be. But um, uh, he's, we saw the trailer for Onward, and and it looked really cool. So I mentioned it to him, and he's like, oh, yeah, I want, you know, let's watch it. And I, and I looked, and it's like, yeah, I can't rent this, though. It's 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you have to buy it. So, you know, I said to him, I'm like, sorry, we got to wait till you can rent it. And he was like, well, why not? You know, so one calculus I think movie uh, studios are making is, hey, we're not going to get your ticket dollar. But if you had gone to the theater to see this, you would have paid more than $20. Mm-hmm. Um unless you went by yourself on a matinee or something. Cause like here in New York, even like even uh, a single person is like 12, $13. Mm-hmm. When my son and I went to see Sonic, we didn't buy any popcorn and we paid like $25 to go see it. So, I mean, movies are ridiculously expensive. So if you go by the premise that people go to the movies, not cause they want to go out, go out or be in the theater or see it on the theater size screen, but because they want to see the movie right now and they can't wait, mm-hmm. um, then I guess $20 to see the movie is okay. Um, my thing, though, is, you know, I think we're all concerned about the economy right now. Right. Like, it seems kind of luxurious to spend $20 to spend $20 on a movie. Absolutely. Um, you know, rather than wait, wait a few months and then maybe I can rent it for four dollars or something right so um i don't know how that calculus is going to work out are people going to i mean we could have a whole big segment on this but do you remember there was a there was a thing a few years ago right with like you know the, or even earlier this wasn't it like this last year where they were going to have thing where they sold first run movies to people for 50 bucks a pop or something and oh yeah i had forgotten oh, about that forgot the name of it but you know what i'm talking about yeah uh the audience maybe someone in the audience knows what i'm talking about there have been many attempts over the years to say okay uh we want to allow people at home to see first run movies like while they're in the theater and maybe even day and date when they come out but we have to you know we have to make we have to make it really expensive because otherwise we're just cannibalizing the movie theater mm-hmm. now i think that uh i think that this is going to be could be an inflection point for studios where studios have generally said like well listen we gotta go we gotta please our partners in the in the theater the theater companies yep. we don't we if we release stuff on video the same time released in the theater we cannibalize mm-hmm. theater box office sales uh and and nobody wins it's known so it's known as the theater window right i was gonna say the window right so now i mean you've had things that were sort of like netflix things like the irishman or whatever where they released it in the theater for a few people i guess just just because they could but they were going really straight to to netflix it wasn't because Um, 
It wasn't because they could. It was because if they didn't, they weren't uh, eligible. Because for, of Academy Awards. Uh-huh. Right, right. But I mean, I think there were some other things that Netflix has released where maybe they were hoping they'd be nominated or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but uh, the the point the point is, you got to wonder now whether this is going to become somewhat of a new normal. And there's a lot of there's a lot of movies where they're having the studios having to make a difficult decision. I was reading yesterday about wonder woman, 1984. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was apparently been some discussion about whether wonder woman, 1984 would go straight to video. Um, now, or are they going to delay it? And if they delay it, they have to delay it a really long time mm-hmm. because not just because we don't know when it's going to be safe to go back to the movie theater again, but because even if you say you're, you, you, you know, we feel like this coronavirus situation is going to be over by the Christmas season. Well, still, uh, there's a whole lot of movies that are lined up to launch at that time. Mm-hmm. And and, um, and, and studios you, don't like to put. And are you going to be able to get uh, screen real estate? Because there's already stuff scheduled right. for that time. Or, and, or, or are you going to compete with yourself? Right. Because there's True. you know always a feeling that if you if you have another big movie coming out at that time you don't want two of your big movies to come out the same weekend right so uh so that's why uh, fast and furious 9 uh delayed for a year right like they mm-hmm. they they were going to come out in april and rather than say hey we're going to come out in the fall which is what james bond die another was a bad time to die uh no time to die whatever it is uh was going to come out was going to come out like in april or may and now it's going to come out in november uh but fast and furious they didn't have that window and uh so i don't know what that mean that will mean for some of the movies that we really want to see this summer like like the new ghostbusters movie and uh wonder woman 1984 are they going to go straight to video are they just going to hold them in the can for maybe a year um you know I, I, for one, have been really looking forward to Wonder Woman, so I hope uh-huh. they release it on video, but it's probably not good business for them to do that. Uh, yeah, and we've seen a lot of movies have to make that decision. A Quiet Place 2 uh, is delayed indefinitely right now because of the same thing. They don't want to put it up against something against itself, essentially. So it's it's an interesting it's an interesting market right now. Um, and like you said, this might be the thing that, that finally breaks the, the theater window on a, on a wider basis. It'll be interesting to see what the, uh, the end result of this is, but you know, across the entertainment industry, we have seen a ton of, I mean, uh, what, what's the one that's not the other one. I know that's a stupid thing to say out loud. Um, <laughs> uh, sling TV, uh, just released a free version, uh, of of sling you know there's all kinds of media companies who are responding to this in a way that uh that can help so that that's good to see and like you said the the end result of all this could be a very different entertainment landscape come the fall or uh or next spring so only only time will tell there 
And that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate it. If you didn't and would like to in the future, you can always go to f5live.tv slash join us on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback as uh, as we talk about the topics. Uh, also, if you are listening, maybe on the radio or something like that, and you would like to see the show, whether it be for the, uh, the hands-on that Avram did with, with the laptop earlier or something like that, you can always go to um, f5live.tv or pilchpoint.live and uh, you can see, you can actually see the show. You can see the laptop that Avram showed off. Um, and and uh, you can also see all of our other shows uh, by going to plugkitslive.com slash subscribe and, uh, and see our CES coverage and a whole lot more. And uh, I guess with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we will see you guys back next time. Ciao.